Hello everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. Today we're doing something a teeny bit different. Not that different from your end, but from mine. Yesterday I was kind of bored, I was going through Netflix, I found a, a film to review, and by the time I'd finished watching it, I was too tired to come and record the actual review. So <laughs> I'm just going to go off my notes from yesterday and hope that it still makes sense, because normally what I do is watch the movie, make notes during, and then right away record my thoughts. Uh, but this is a TV movie called House of the Witch. I think it was originally on the sci-fi channel, but was then snapped up for Netflix, like the gem that it is. Uh, so I watched it on Netflix on the 12th of January, and I think it should probably still be on UK Netflix at that point. So if you'd like to go and watch it after this, you can, but please be aware that this review is going to be incredibly spoilery. The vital statistics of the movie, it's one hour and 26 minutes long, which is an hour too long. It's a certificate 15, came out in 2017, and there are no specific trigger warnings that I'm aware of, but you identify some please do get in touch and i'll update the review so house of the witch is basically about a house with a witch in it and it reminded me of another film i'd reviewed which was so forgettable i had to go back and try and find the title for i think it's the wicked which i reviewed quite a while ago now uh, but it was similar to that in that it's about a group of stupid teenagers who go into a house which has a witch in it and, and then horror ensues although i will point out that this movie is not horrifying really it's not even particularly scary uh, we start off with a boy on a bicycle classic american start to a horror movie he's cycling around uh, up to the manor essentially the manor looks like you know sims one there was that big mansion that was like pre-built and it was kind of like the end goal just to, to like move into it without cheats it looks almost exactly like that, very American, very rectangular and red brick and not very old at all. It's in the middle of what looks like just a massive field of grass, for no real reason, uh, behind a gate that says private property, so he obviously goes straight through that gate, cycles up to the manor. We get a sort of flashback to before where he was talking to a ginger guy and a girl wearing some cat ears, I assume because it's Halloween, not sure. Uh, but they're talking about the abandoned house and the girl says that she'll give Charlie her phone number if he goes and steals the house numbers from this abandoned house's door. He duly goes to try and take these off with a screwdriver. Uh, but unfortunately, when he approaches the manor, spooky music begins. And when he leans down to pick up one of the numbers that he's dropped on the floor, leaning on the front door, it opens and then some terrible CGI fog comes to get him, dragging him inside where his screams are quickly cut off. Charlie does not have any important role in the movie, he's just there. But unfortunately he's one of many characters, like too many characters, because I know I'm going to get them mixed up. Even the online information for the movie gets mixed up because I went to look up the name of like the main girl and the internet informed me her name was Dana, but the subtitles say her name is Lana, so... I may call her one or both of those things because my notes are very confusing. Anywho, we get the titles. We're told that it's now one year later. Dana or Lena is in a diner where her mum works. Her mum is wearing a witch hat. And because Dana slash Lana has like long black witchy hair and her mum gives her like a weird tea, which is meant to be good for her, I instantly thought that maybe they were witches and her mum was like hiding it from her, which is not the case, but I felt like that would have been a better movie. So, um as a free idea for you these two have a conversation which might as well just be them screaming the word exposition back and forth about how lana has been away at school she's only come back for the holidays to meet up with rachel and some friends 
Her mum has had to take over the diner since her aunt died because it's like the family business. None of this stuff is relevant. Uh, we're then introduced to Rachel, her boyfriend Shane, who is a mechanic. They, they put some effort into Shane's storyline because his stepdad Carl comes by and is like, I have a job for you, meet me at 8pm to discuss. And he's like, no, I want to be a mechanic, even though it doesn't look like he's having any fun. And the guy's like, you can't be a mechanic forever, you'll get spine disease. None of this matters, because we all know these people are all going to die, so... It's just some character building, I guess. So he's meant to be meeting Carl, but obviously that's not going to happen. We then get introduced to more characters, Brody and Lloyd, who arrive at the manor. Lloyd is kind of a skinny white goofball. And Brody is kind of a poor man's Tyler Hecklin in that he has like dark floofy hair and some smolder. They're kind of bit characters, so that's basically what you need to know about them. They're there to set up practical jokes to scare girls so that they can fuck them later. Uh, Lloyd goes into the house dressed as a pirate, and Brody leaves to go and collect the girls. As he leaves, though, we do see Charlie's bike still in the grass where he left it before being murdered a year ago, which implies that the police did not find it, which I find very strange. So you're telling me that no one went to talk to his ginger friend or the girl and no one decided to check out by the abandoned house and no one ever found his bike there despite the fact that on this night several groups of people will come to this house so it's not like no one ever comes here there's there's some lazy cops in this town we're introduced to yet more characters uh taylor and dax uh, taylor is kind of a princess and dax is Coy Stewart from, I think he's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was like the one actor I could identify. Uh, he just seems kind of nervous and a little bit not good with girls. Uh, so we also meet Rachel, who's blonde, so probably a whore for the purposes of the movie, because the blonde girl is usually the whore. Uh, and then we meet Lana slash Dana again, who seems to be the alternative one, because she's wearing an army jacket. Brody comes to pick them all up, along with Shane, who's kind of the hero, just general macho guy. Guy? The guy with no other characteristics, so he's the hero. They go up to the manor. In the truck on, like, the way up, they talk a little bit about the witch and how this house is meant to be, like, abandoned. And Lana says that where they moved to, there was a house just like that, and kids would go and egg it on Halloween. And they point out that, like, every town probably has a house like that, except, you know, not... Every town has this giant four-story Sims 1 manor in it. During this conversation, she appears to flirt a little bit with Shane, and it seems like maybe there's going to be some jealousy between her and Rachel, but there isn't. Nothing ever comes of that. They reach the house and shut the gate behind them, and Dax mentions that a renovation crew was apparently meant to be here during the 80s, but they disappeared. It's like a local legend type thing. That's really the only lore we get at this point. Brody pretends to be pulled in through the door and then there's that moment where it takes a second too long for him to come out so it's like oh this might be a genuine scare but it's basically time to perfection for you to know that it's the fake genuine scare and that's just generally my issue with the film is that there are a few jump scares in it none of which are very effective and there's no real atmosphere either so it doesn't really ever get scary and the whole plot is a bit too paint by numbersy to be enjoyable. Dax tries the lights, and I was like, oh, buddy, you're stupid. This place has been abandoned for decades. You think the lights are still going to work? And then the lights come on, which irritated me. The whole manor itself, we're told that it's been abandoned for decades, but, like, the dust sheets over everything are still white. The walls are still, like, 
perfectly pristine, there's no signs of like mould or cracks or anything like that. There's some leaves in the corners of the entry hall, but aside from that, people could have lived here up until a year ago. It looks fine. And because none of the characters comment on this, it makes me think that they're not aware that it looks like that, and therefore it's just kind of a bad staging. Everyone kind of splits up to explore, and Dax gets left with Lana because everyone else is paired off into their pairs to go and get nasty in the haunted house. Taylor and Brody, the resident bee couple, uh, go to make out, but then the walls start bleeding black goo, and they're like, ugh, black goo. And then they leave to go make out somewhere else. Rachel and Shane go and make out on a bed, and he gets kind of argumentative and is accusing her of cheating on him while at college because he's the only one in their group who didn't go to college. Nothing ever comes of this argument. Their relationship doesn't seem to suffer for this. He doesn't gravitate further towards Lana. It, it's just here to just be a little argument that nothing ever comes of. A sheet in a chair starts moving, like maybe something's inflating under it, or someone's slowly appearing. Uh, but Rachel was like, that chair moved. Let's leave. And then they leave. So... I wasn't sure if the chair had actually moved or if it was like meant to be like something poofing up in it, but they leave. Meanwhile, uh, Lana and Dax find some photographs on a mantelpiece. The room they've gone into seems very 1800s and the hallway felt very kind of 90s muck mansion. So the house is kind of disjointed and I was like, I wish there had been signs that a renovation had been in place other than us just being told that, like paint cans and scaffolding, stuff like that, maybe half torn down wall anything to show us that there had been a renovation take place as opposed to just the hallway being inexplicably modern but there we go they find some weird like 1800s photographs and look at it i thought one of them looked a lot like lana but no one commented on this so i guess maybe they're just generically pretty dark-haired girls when dax is looking at one of the pictures the faces kind of flash dead like one of those holographic pictures you can buy from the poundland at halloween he gets freaked out so uh, he he drops the picture and backs up into a gramophone, which turns that on and it starts playing creepy music. The others all congregate back in this room, attracted by the hubbub. And while they're all sort of talking about who's trying to prank who with the creepy music, uh, Lana seems to freak out, first looking at the girl picture and then at an empty chair in the corner. I thought maybe she was experiencing some sort of vision or something, but then blood appears in her mouth, her nose starts to bleed, and she sees a creepy girl with a white veil over her head and like a white dress, kind of looking like a bride, but not really like a bride, in the chair, doing that weird like scary shaky head out of focus face thing that horror films like to do so much. No one else sees anything there, so I kind of started to think maybe she was a witch or psychic or something picking up on this stuff, but... Never confirmed nor denied. Uh, Lana then is freaked out and tries to leave, but the door now won't open. Then there's like a, a too long segment of people arguing because the girls accuse the guys of having Lloyd hide there to scare them. And then it turns around and the guys are like, ah, the girls got to Lloyd and now he's pranking us instead, which fair point, I guess. Then they keep going up to try the door and they keep trying their phones to see if there's cell service. And I feel like Yes, normal people would try more than once and keep checking their phones, but it's a boring thing to put in a movie, so usually they'll just do it once, and then they'll be like, yeah, that, that doesn't work. Like, they'll usually try and break one of the windows to get out. They won't try and break every window. That would just take too long and be stupid. But we get quite a lot of repeats of people just, like, trying the door, 
but there we go. Um, they try and call Lloyd to find out where he is in the house, but uh, no signal, still. Shane tries to open the door, he tries hitting it with the world's weakest looking chair, and surprise surprise it didn't open. All the windows when they move the curtains are boarded up on the inside, and there's some sort of query between them, were these boarded up on the outside, could we see that they were boarded up? Um, which was quite interesting, this idea that there exists a version of the house that you can see from the outside, but then there's also a version of the house that you experience once inside. I kind of wish they'd done more with that. It kind of made it feel a little bit like that Silent Hill movie, which, not a great movie, but mm, still better than this. Shane manfully tries to punch one of the boards off of the window. It does literally nothing. Uh, meanwhile, Taylor, the princess, finds a broken mirror under a sheet. And Lana tells her not to uncover it. Taylor says that it's probably just covered because the people who lived there were so ugly. And then she, like, sees a ghost hand beckoning her into the mirror and gets frightened. The guys continue to, like, blame the girls. There's a lot of argumentation going on. And in this distracted period, Taylor pokes the mirror, which sort of ripples like it's liquid. And then her hand gets pulled in, in quote marks, because underneath the CGI of, like, swirly, smoky fog, you can very clearly see, like, her knuckles pressed against the mirror, like, her fingers flattened down to make it look like her hand's going in, but it's not really, and it just looks really terrible. Uh, and then she, like, gets pulled back and starts screaming because somehow she's lost a single finger, even though her whole hand was meant to be in there, but yeah, she's, she lost a finger. They start to freak out and start banging on the front door, and when we see a shot from outside, we cannot hear their banging, so clearly... They're in some sort of weird, like, pocket world where nothing they're doing inside is reaching the outside world. Again, I will say probably coolest thing in the movie. Really like that. I mean, it's been in other films, but it, it's a good thing. It's kind of creepy. Looking out through the keyhole, Shane sees some trick-or-treaters approaching the house. The local house that's been abandoned for decades has trick-or-treaters. Do these people not know that no one fucking lives there? Not gonna give you candy. And although they might just be there to like throw eggs, why do they say trick or treat beforehand? That's weird. And they're in costumes. I feel like it should be like teenagers not in costume, just rough housing, and not like kids in costume coming to get candy. But American Halloween is weird. They can't hear them when they shout to them. So I feel like we're needlessly repeating the no one can hear us thing. Shane then decides that escape is useless, which finally it's taken you long enough. They then hear screaming, which sounds strangely distorted and ghosty. They deduce that this is Lloyd, and then split up to look for clues. Shane, Rachel, and Lana go upstairs. I sort of expected there to be some sort of jealousy love triangle, split up the group type stuff, but nothing happens. A bunch of the doors on the landing won't open, but then one opens for Lana into a creepy study, which again looks very Victorian. And this one has like cobwebs all over it, even though there were no cobwebs elsewhere so it feels like again different rooms have different states of age but no one's commenting on this so that makes me think it's not intentional they find various creepy old books and an old letter meanwhile downstairs dax taylor and brody find the kitchen where there's like pots and stuff bubbling away and dax has like scraped his back while trying to like force the door open but now has like a weird pussy looking boil on his face like he's turning into a zombie or something and uh, his back apparently now looks infected as well, so that's bad. And Taylor is still feeling not well from having her finger ripped off by that mirror. 
Lana reads the letter and it's basically a death warrant for Annabelle Foster who's been found guilty of witchcraft and is sentenced to death in the drowning pit on the 10th of October. I guess that's the law on the witch who lived in this house maybe although it doesn't explain why the house is still empty or what one single person was doing living in this house by herself like we never get really any law on what happened to the rest of her family if they died here what have you they do however realize that Rachel has wandered off because Rachel cannot be trusted Brody searches the kitchen and finds a cooking pot and is like who's cooking this house is abandoned and it turns out to be a severed hand so he gets instantly sick and runs off to try and find somewhere to vomit because you can't just do that in the creepy haunted house kitchen that would be unhygienic he finds rachel in a room filled with like china dolls and shit and she's crying and she says these things are mine how did they get here never confirmed or denied if these are actually her china dolls but they seem like weirdly old to be hers we didn't see anything in her character or home life to suggest that she would have all these like antique china dolls but she freaks out and then quickly puts the moves on Brody uh, jumping on top of him and, and making out the fog then appears to get him uh, Rachel turns into that like ghostly witchy bride type woman and rips into his throat so at that point I assumed he was dead there's then kind of a bitty pointless scene of just Shane's stepdad Carl going to the diner to talk to Lana's mum about how the kids are missing and I can't find them anywhere and her being like oh golly gee willikers well we'll have to go and look for them I guess and that's literally the scene I thought maybe this would be the start of her realizing that they've gone to the house and that Lana shouldn't be there with her like mysterious ghost seeing power but again not mentioned Lana and Shane then find Rachel in a room full of like potions and herbs and apothecary shit there are lit candles in there so again like it looks like someone's been here uh, and then they see like witchy stuff on the bench uh, shane tries to pry a board loose on one of the windows and succeeds but when he reaches out there is no like window behind it and no outside world just black gunge this is kind of an interesting idea the fact that not only are they like sealed in with like locked doors and stuff but that there is actually no outside world outside now i kind of like this idea i wish it had been played with more dax and taylor now look for brody dax's face is getting like worse more pussy boils it's never really confirmed why he's the only one being affected like this don't know what to tell you he's just getting real pussy a, a fatally injured brody then like blunders into them just to die so he he just he could have died in that earlier scene but i guess it's creepier if he just dies now lana finally sees the hand in the jar and starts like panicking about it and says that like there's a witch here all of this is like witch stuff the fog comes into the room and shane breaks the jar with the hand in by accident and a bunch of like gas comes out which they apparently like can't breathe and it starts to make them ill uh, rachel is like scrabbling around on the ground and gets a piece of glass stuck in her hand downstairs taylor and dax continue to freak out and taylor randomly finds a door that's just open to the outside world she runs through it but it slams shut before dax can get out so now taylor's on the outside i don't know why she was allowed to leave the house it kind of breaks the immersion of that idea of the outside world not being accessible to them but the fog attacks dax and taylor runs to get help but sees like ghost children running around in the garden she freaks out runs blindly and falls into a pool of water where she gets drowned by ghosts so i guess she's dead unless she decides to get up walk three feet and then die in front of someone so it's more frightening shane lana and rachel go downstairs 
um Rachel's hand is getting like weird around the cut it kind of looks like weirdly grimy and I wasn't really sure what effect they were going for there uh Lana is then questioned about what she said about the mirror and she says that uncovered mirrors like spirits get into them and they can't cross over and then uh, Shane asks her how she knows all this as if that isn't just one piece of superstition but apparently she's now an expert but she just says she like picked it up from books I thought again we were leading into some sort of revelation about our history but nothing happens they find a hidden door which leads to a basement and down there they can hear Lloyd screaming so they go after Lloyd bunch of Spanish moss in this basement not really sure why but there is they find Lloyd bleeding and trapped in a cage like with his hands tied out to his sides uh, with rope he keeps saying she's coming the witch is coming but she's taken her sweet time because this scene goes on for a while um while rachel and lana find a vent and crawl inside to get away from the witch who is coming but won't be there for like another 20 minutes shane tries to untie lloyd i was kind of wondering like why bother to untie him he is still trapped in a cage but it's apparently a cage with no bottom that can be lifted by a pulley system which becomes important in a moment while crawling through the vent rachel seems keen to just rob her injured hand in piles of dirt which are on the floor like she's just really trying to get that thing infected it's like she wants out of the army or something um but you know she got a dirty hand dax stumbles upon shane and lloyd in the basement so all the living people are sort of reunited at this point uh, dax then just keeps saying game over man like you could remind us of a better movie they lift up the cage a little bit and try and get lloyd out but then the fog comes they drop the cage and lloyd is decapitated so he's dead barely in the movie the fog kind of goes in dax's mouth we don't really see any comeuppance from this he kind of goes she's inside me and then nothing happens like he's not possessed i'm really confused as to what that was meant to achieve rachel and lana meanwhile find an exit to the big dirty vent uh, but when Rachel reaches out of it, a hand grabs hers and starts pulling her fingers out, uh, like pulling her fingernails out in like a really bright shot. So you can see like three fingernails being ripped out because that's scary. Like it makes me cringe, sure. But is it frightening? Not really. In the struggle, she does kick out and accidentally knocks Lana unconscious. Lana then has like a weird dream of like a hand trailing through uh, grass like it's the end of Gladiator approaching the manor uh, lana wakes up and it's daylight she finds a way out through a storm drain into the outside world reaches a sheriff's car but the sheriff inside has a weird shaky blur face and this is revealed to be just a hopeful dream because she wakes up back in the vent she comes out of the vent into a room where rachel is just blair witching it up in the corner dropping plot on us saying she's taking things from us she's using us so I guess the witch is like after individual fingers, three fingernails, maybe Dax's skin and Brody's face to try and make like a new form for herself. Like she's reconstituting herself Imhotep style from these teenagers. Rachel says she's getting so old, but we can't like see her. So unconfirmed. Rachel then vanishes and the witch appears in that corner, scaring Lana. The witch crab walks like this is the exorcist and then disappears it's not that frightening shane and dax come in through the vent so they're again all together and meanwhile we keep cutting back to the outside of the manor where a storm is starting they escape back to the upper level of the house and they find rachel 
wrapped in a very clean white sheet like all over her head and covering her body so that we can just see that she now looks 180 in that they've drawn some wrinkles on her face and she asks Shane if if he still loves her and he's like oh yeah of course I do as if that's what you'd say like it's so shocking that I don't think your first impulse would be to reassure Rachel you would probably recoil in disgust because it's such a weird and terrifying situation to be in it's, it's just a very strange scene when he tries to like pull her out of the room because she's like weak and like feeble and wants to lie down her, the skin just comes off her hand can't tell you the number of times that's happened to an old person you know their skin will just come off it's tired it needs a rest but they run away from the room where i guess rachel has succumbed to old age and uh, they try and barricade the witch out of the room that they end up in but she's made of fog so obviously this doesn't work a police officer contacted by Carl then finds the, the kid's truck parked like near the house and goes to investigate, which begs the question again, why did no one find Charlie's bike? So he's about to crack that case wide open one year later. Dax is suffering and in pain and he wants to burn the house down, which the other two rightly point out that they are trapped in the house and this is a terrible idea, but he goes off on his own on like a, a mission to burn the house down. He manages to get down to the basement, finds one hay bale with a can of gasoline just sitting on it, tries to set it on fire, but the witch sneaks up on him, although she was meant to also be inside of him, so not sure how that works. Uh, and then she pulls his intestines out. So Dax is now dead. I guess Shane and Lana are the, the final two at this point. They return to the apothecary room and Shane freaks out, begins smashing all the jars, which causes more of that mysterious toxic gas to rise the witch also gets annoyed and her like fog stream rockets around the house like she's throwing an absolute shit bit she arrives in the room to thrash shane and make his face look all ashy and weird meanwhile lana manages to like get out through where they broke the boards before crawls into the black goo uh, to, to try and escape and this was kind of an interesting moment i was like okay so if she's trying to get out through this like mysterious gunge where is she gonna end up the answer is outside which you know i was hoping maybe she'd pop up into some sort of like past echo of the execution we'd maybe get a bit more lore about the family but she's just straight up outside and there's like an iron cross marker in the ground so i guess near a grave we see the cops in the distance but she like tries to call out and then falls and ends up in the drowning pond being drowned so that's unfortunate she screams as this happens and the cops like here and then it takes them like 10 minutes to cross like 13 meters of ground because when they get to the pond not only has she been drowned but the water is completely still so dang just too late at this point it is solidly still night it's dark she's not coming up the water is completely still then we see the sunrise and i was like okay Maybe we're going to get a final scare because, you know, all those kids are dead. But then the cops pull what they say is a body out of the pond and it's Lana and they pull Lana out of the pond and they give her CPR, even though the fact that she drowned when it was nighttime and now the sun's come up. So she's been under there a while and would definitely be dead, but they give her CPR and she like coughs up a bunch of water. This does make sense in a moment, so I'm not going to be too mad at the movie about it uh, because we only see like her clothes like her legs and arms and the ring on her finger this identifies her as lana 
She then is wrapped in a blanket and escorted away by the cops to go to a cop car. The original cops then find another body in the pool, but when they pull it out, it's Lana dead in her underwear with her heart ripped out through her chest. And then when we go back to the cop car, we see that the cop in the front is now dead. And walking slowly away from the now open gates is the woman from the picture, the original witch, wrapped in a blanket. For some reason, she has taken off Lana's clothes and is now barefoot. Like, you need shoes, love. What are you doing? And we get like a sort of flashback voiceover montage of the other characters saying, like, she's taking things from us. She's using us. Uh, she can finally escape from this place. And then the film ends. So very much similar to the ending of, I think it's The Wicked, uh, where the witch appears in the children's playground, reconstituted and young again, following the events at the witch's house. It's not a terrible film. It's clearly made on a budget. I think most of the acting is okay. Shane had some wobbly moments. The special effects look not great and I feel like they really shouldn't have relied on CGI as much as they did because CGI, when it's not done well and it's done on a budget, can look really awful and cheap, kind of like this did. A lot of the things they were doing could have just been achieved with physical effects, um, specifically like when the weird foggy arms come to like drag people into the drowning pool. Just have those be real arms, real people. I think maybe some of it was, but putting the CGI with it just makes it look really weird. A lot of the fog and mist and stuff just looks bad. Although, like, Dax's slow transformation into this sort of pussy, boiled, covered person, that's physical and that looks great. Um, but again, I don't really know why that's happening. There's some pretty large plot holes and it seems like things are just happening because wouldn't that be cool, wouldn't that be scary if boils appeared on people or if Dax suddenly said oh no the witch has gone inside me when she continues to be outside of him doing things or you know Rachel suddenly randomly evil because the witch can now I guess pretend to be people who aren't dead who are elsewhere in the house it feels a little bit confused and I think there are too many characters because you've got like Brody, Taylor, Rachel, Lana slash Dana, Dax and Shane all in the house that's like too many people uh, just so that they have an excess that they can kill off and it can be gory and gross um, but it doesn't really succeed in being that scary and although it does have a witch in it we don't really find out enough about her to be satisfied was she an evil witch had she done terrible things do we find out about that was she a good witch was she even a witch at all maybe she's just a vengeful spirit now in death has she been doing witch stuff at the house? Why did she have to kill Charlie? Um, had she killed other people to get bits of them? There's just not a lot of explanation in there because too much time is given to the teenagers running around the house being picked off one by one. So did not find it that satisfying, but it still had like, I guess, a better budget and better acting than some of the other films I've looked at. So I'll put it kind of solidly in the middle of the lane nothing special but it's not like eye-wateringly bad either take that for what it's worth it's on netflix that so you can watch it for free and in the meantime if you have any other films you'd like me to review specifically if you could find them on netflix if you want me to make me aware of them that's fine anything that i can watch for free is kind of a bonus do let me know drop me a line on twitter and in the meantime i'll see you in the next review